resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Yes, you were hearing this correctly. This is me recording this week's episode in my motherfucking car because I cannot get an ounce, an ounce of goddamn silence in my home. If anyone is local to the Suffolk County area and has a studio and or small business that I can record for an hour a week on Mondays, please call me and tell me that I have found my new podcast studio. Thank you. If I sound like I'm in a goddamn tin can, it's because I am. It's made by Toyota. It's called a Camry, and that's the fucking tin can that we are recording in this week. Honestly, this is a blessing in disguise because at least I can fucking smoke in here while I'm having this stressful conversation. Maybe I should just record this shit underwater and hold my breath. (laughs) See how many words I can get out before I fucking drown. Honestly, after the weekend I fucking had, did you have a good week? Did you have a good week? Because whether you had a good week or a bad week, let me fucking tell you, I'm about to top yours, I'll tell you that. Welcome back to another week of Pulse Pounding. I am your host, Mickey Dillon, and you better get your coffee and sit the fuck down for this one, because we are going on a wild ride. If you are in the car, you better buckle your motherfucking seatbelt. And if you're not already wearing your seatbelt in the car, what the fuck is wrong with you, okay? Safety first, motherfuckers. You better put down your phone, whatever dick pic or a pussy snap you were about to send <laughs> to a semi-stranger on Snapchat. It can wait. You don't need to be doing that motherfucking shit while you're driving, okay? If you are texting and driving, you better put the motherfucking phone down, okay? Whoever he is, he can wait. If you are taking dick pics or clit snaps <laughs> while you are driving in traffic to Snapchat to a semi-stranger, we have some things we need to address about your character, Okay. I'm sure the dick is not that great. And if it is, please email it. (laughs) You can find the email button on our Instagram at Pulse Pounding. I'm just kidding. Please don't send me any dick pics or pussy shots because my boyfriend will beat the shit out of me. Don't send it to me or the stranger. Drive your car. I gotta light a goddamn cigarette for this one. Oh my god, I almost lit the car on fire. I almost lit the microphone foam on fire. (sighs) All right. It's been a fucking weekend, and this episode, this week, is going to be a real quick peek into what this new revamped show is going to be about my miserable fucking life. (laughs) And how I get myself into these situations. I don't know. The way these things happen to me, it's almost like God knows. He's like, you know what? Do you need a little content? You need to put out a new little video this week. Let me just fuck up your life a little bit. (laughs) So you've got something to talk about. As I am sitting in my car across from the motherfucking lake that is outside my house, please forgive me if you hear some geese in the background. I cannot control the environment. However, it is very fitting because we are about to talk about some bird-ass bitches. Now, this story, I'm going to change some names. I'm going to change some names for fun. And I'm going to tell you who the real people are. And I'm going to change some names for legal reasons because I have been advised by my lawyer 
that if I change the names of people, they cannot send me a cease and desist, okay? So if you're listening to this and you know what I'm saying is about you, which if it makes it to you, you will. Not my fucking problem, okay? When you start acting a certain way, you need to be prepared for the fact that someone like me may be standing around with a microphone waiting to report the news to my listeners about your poor behavior. But I will not say any names because we don't need a lawsuit (laughs) on week four of this fucking podcast. Although a cease and desist from a fake celebrity would actually be really good promotion. (laughs) I'll fucking post that shit everywhere. If you send me a cease and desist, your real names are coming out, motherfuckers, because I'm going to post that shit everywhere. I debated whether I was going to make this story into a video, but I honestly said to myself, I cannot make another 30-minute video, plus God knows how long it'll take to tell the stories that have happened this weekend. So I need to turn this just into an episode and call it a fucking day. Oh, it's 12.05. That's my lucky number. I know most people make like, mm, make a wish on 11.11. Wished for my Prince Charming at 11.11. The moon is in full retrograde orbit. Make a wish at 11.11. Fuck that. Fuck that and fuck you, okay? I make wishes at 12.05 because that is my birthday. 12.05. It is a lucky number for me. And if you don't like that, you can shove it up your fucking asshole. 11.11 basic ass bitches. Tired of that shit. Ooh, 11.11. 222. Suck my dick. How about that? This past weekend was one of my best friend's wedding. Mike, who we will call Beefsteak, because that is his nickname. And there are too many fucking Mikes in this story for you not to get confused as a listener who doesn't know the people that I'm fucking talking about. I met Beefsteak. (laughs) I'm going to try so hard not to laugh every time I say that. But anyone who's listening that knows him will enjoy it. I met Beef four years ago, I want to say, when he started working at my restaurant job. And we have been friends ever since. The entire time that I've known Beefsteak, he has been with Emily, who we will call the Slay Queen, because that is what she refers to herself as, and she embodies everything that a Slay Queen is. We have been looking forward to this wedding for like a fucking year. Ever since they got engaged, which was probably like almost two years ago at this point, we have been looking forward to this wedding. Beefsteak and Slay Queen move to North Carolina immediately after they get engaged. We all knew that this wedding was going to be down there. Everyone's coming from Florida, New Jersey, New York. We're all traveling to go to this wedding. We've been booking this shit for like months. I make plans to travel with Nick and Mike, who are my other co-workers slash friends. And we have decided that this is going to be a boys weekend. We have declined our plus ones. Well, not Mike because he didn't get one. Anyway, we declined our plus ones and we decided this is going to be a boys weekend. We booked the hotel. We booked the flights. We are all set to go for weeks now. We have been looking for suits, putting together outfits, figuring out what the fuck we're doing, acquiring shit for this fucking weekend, right? Everyone is ready to go. We leave on Friday afternoon. I have finally gotten my suit. I do everything fucking last minute. I got my suit a couple days before. I got my outfits for the extra nights out a couple days before. I am a last minute motherfucker, okay? Didn't get a haircut and then realize, oh shit, it's Thursday and I literally leave tomorrow. I need a haircut. I go between two barbershops since I moved last year. I moved about 40 minutes away from where I was living previously and I am not driving to my fucking barber as much as I love him and as much as I trusted nobody else with my hair for five years. I am not driving the 40 minutes it takes me to get to work on my day off just to get a haircut. I go between two barbershops over here in my area. One is literally at the end of my street. It's two brothers who own the shop and they're the only ones with chairs in there. And the one brother is the one that I always go to. 
they are closed on Mondays, which is one of my days off. Really fucks up my schedule because for a long time, about five years, Monday was my haircut day 95% of the time. So being that they are closed on Mondays, if no other day fits into my schedule, I have a backup place that I go to just down the road. And I have a guy that I like there as well. I drive past my normal barbershop, and that place is fucking packed. Did I make an appointment? Of course not, because I'm a fucking idiot. So it looks like there's an hour's worth of waiting going on in that barbershop. I'm like, fuck this, fuck that, and fuck your mother. I am not waiting in here for an hour. I got more shit to do. I got to go to work. I got to pack. I got to fucking leave tomorrow. I'm not doing it today. I drive to my backup place. My guy's not there. My backup guy at my backup place is also not there. So I see this motherfucker who has worked there apparently for years, like years. And I see him every time I go there and he's always stacked, like he's always got appointments. So I'm like, oh my God, this guy's gotta be fine. Also, it's a barbershop full of Dominicans. I only let Dominicans cut my hair. I never let white people cut my hair because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Interestingly enough, my new usual barber is a white guy, but he cuts some good fucking hair. That motherfucker does a fade like it's nobody's business. But under normal circumstances, no white people touch my hair. So when I walk into a Dominican barbershop and nobody, not a customer or an employee, is white, I believe I am in a safe zone. This is a safe space for me to trust my head. This is a Dominican head only. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds really bad. That's not what I meant. I sit down in the chair. I tell the guy I want a low skin fade. That's what I get every fucking time. Trim the top, low skin fade, okay? Do you know when you get a really bad haircut and you just know, gentlemen, straights, my, my boys, please sit up. This is your part. You know when you go to the barbershop and you're starting to get your haircut and you just realize it's not going to be fucking good, but then you start thinking to yourself, well, it's early. We're not even done with one side yet. Like, maybe things are going to get better as we go. There's still hope for this. And then midway through, you're like, fuck me. Why didn't I say something 10 minutes ago? This motherfucker is about to fuck my life. This barber took his dick and rammed it in the ass of my fucking day. Let me tell you that, okay? He fucked my day's asshole with no lube, straight in dry, and said, here we go. By the time the haircut's three quarters done, I don't know what to do. I'm shaking and seething in anger because I'm thinking about going to North Carolina with a fucked up New York fade. And these fucking North Carolina people, or wherever the fuck else they came from, I am not going to let a Florida motherfucker come to North Carolina and have a better fade than me. It is absolutely not going to happen. I threw a gay bitch fit <laughs> in this fucking barbershop. I was like, what the fuck is this? What did you do to me? What part of this looks like a fucking low skin fade to you? I don't understand what's happening. The guy's like, oh, man, 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 what? I don't understand. What do you want me to fix? I said, fix? I don't want you to touch another goddamn fucking hair on my head. You're lucky I'm not a scumbag and I'm going to pay for this haircut. Whatever kind of fucking job you did, I don't even believe I'm going to. I can't believe I'm going to pay for this. I asked for a low skin fade. I turned around and saw the back of my head. The hair just stopped at some point, And then the rest of the hair in the back of my head was all one length. What part of fade is confusing to you? This is literally what you do for a living nine days a week i stormed out of that barber shop got in my car and was like i am going to my normal barber shop that i should have went to in the first place and i'm going to get on my knees and beg and plead with him to fix this fucking monstrosity that is about to ruin my life i just thought to myself if this guy can't fix my hair i'm just not going my trip is canceled refund my flight i'm not fucking going to this wedding with this goddamn haircut 
I pull into my normal spot and I am praying to the Jesus Lord. And anybody who knows my gay, non-religious ass, I am not sitting around praying to the Lord, but I did in this moment. And, you know, it's just like the normal cliche of non-religious people who only fucking pray when they want something. Sorry, God, I needed a miracle. I needed you to come off the motherfucking cross and out of your tomb earlier than Easter. I apologize that for Lent I gave up Lent (laughs) because I'm a selfish motherfucker. But please help me. Okay, I walk into this barbershop, and by the grace of fucking God, there is not one person in there. There is not one person in there. An hour ago, there was a line out the fucking door. I walked in there, and I said, I don't know what this motherfucker did to me, but I need you to fix it. Please tell me you have time to fix it. He's laughing, and he's like, yeah, I got 20 minutes till my next appointment. Sit down. I could have cried right then and there. I could have fucking jerked off on the floor. My dick was so hard. I'm telling them the story... Thank God they got a kick out of it. Everybody's laughing. I'm like, I don't know what to do. You had a long ass wait. I didn't make an appointment. I got to go tomorrow. I'm like, I'm like, it's like when you find out that your significant other cheated on you by finding something weird in their belongings that clearly indicates that they've done something wrong. And they're like, I mean, uh, 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 just looking for any fucking bullshit, stupid excuse. That sounds ridiculous. That's what it sounds like when a man tries to explain to his normal fucking barber that he went to another barber shop and had his hair cut for whatever reason, let alone having to come there and say, not only did I go to someone else, not only did I cheat on you, but I got so fucked. I need you to fix it. That's like coming home to your wife explaining why you've given her syphilis or the clap after you've cheated. (laughs) The only thing you could do is get on your knees, beg for forgiveness, and admit what you've fucking done. So that is how I treated that situation. And thankfully, Nick, my barber, took my fade from a low fade. Well, took whatever he did to me, which was supposed to be my normal low skin fade, and made it a mid- we went a little higher. It looked okay. We were good. And I, I, I swear to God, within 10 minutes, my whole life changed. My whole mood. My whole life. And I wish to God that I took pictures of the original horrid job that this man did. But honestly, when you're in such a crisis, <laughs> I know it sounds dramatic, but like your haircut is very important as, as a guy. Especially when you have the kind of great fucking hair I do. Not to toot my own horn, but my best fucking asset physically is my goddamn hair. It's beautiful. I can't go out with my hair fucked up. People will notice immediately. I don't think that people notice a lot of things about me, but if my hair got fucked up, people will be like, what happened? They expect my hair to look a certain way. I wish I took pictures of it, but when you're in that kind of fucked up moment, you know it's going to be funny later. You know at some point it's going to be a funny story, but in the moment, it is so damaging to your fucking mental state that you can't even enjoy it. I'm enjoying it now. Now the story is hysterical, but I could not find any enjoyment, and I didn't want to remember that moment in the moment. My hair gets fixed. I go to work. I go home to pack, okay? I am a last-minute packer. I always say I'm going to pack like two days before, three days before. It never fucking happens. Without fail, it is 1.30 in the morning, and I am packing for my flight the next day. And I either don't sleep at all, and I fucking regret it, but I just power through it and drink the next day, or I get like three hours, which is what happened this time. 
Okay, previously, Mike, Nick, and I are in a group text talking about our plans. We establish a time. The flight is at 11.30. We're going to meet at the house at this time. I don't fucking remember what time it was. And we're all going to leave in one car from one house. Mike decides to side text Nick and talk some shit about me after he sent a message in the group text saying, you motherfuckers better be on time tomorrow after he said that he was going to go out after work with a hooker. Not a real hooker, but you know what I mean. With a hooker. I said, you're going to go out and drink and party and you're going to be on time tomorrow? Give me a motherfucking break, okay? Nick shows me the side text because he's a fucking shit stir, pot stirring ass bitch. And I texted back in the group and I said, you motherfucker, you're the one who's going out partying. You think I'm going to be late? I'm late to a lot of places, but it ain't going to be a flight. I'll fucking tell you that. I'm getting on that flight, even if I'm half dead. And I said to him, I said, you're the one who's going to be late. We're going to your own fucking house. We are meeting you at your house for you to drive us to the airport. You're going to be the one that's late. Let me ask you what happened the next morning. What do you think happened the next morning? Who do you think was fucking late to Mike's house? Mike, here's me and Nick on time. I got out so fucking early that I had to sit in the parking lot of motherfucking 7-Eleven after I got my coffee and my cigarettes and sit there and chain smoke for a good 20 minutes because I was 15 minutes from this motherfucker's house. When he texted me, I'm just getting in the shower now. Are you fucking kidding me? Only for Nick and I to stand in his goddamn driveway for 15 fucking minutes waiting for this bitch to come out of his own garage. Anyway, we get in the car. We got the road sodas. I'm drinking twisted tea in the back seat like the Long Island trash that I am, and I don't give a fuck. Give me all the sugary drinks. I'm already 20 pounds up. I got my Spanx tank top in my suitcase. I wore a Spanx tank top. It's not Spanx. It's a knockoff Spanx. I call it my fat suit. You put this tank top on, you stick your fucking fat gut in it, and it sucks it in so bad that you feel like all the food you just ate is going to fall out of your fucking lower intestines. But you know what? You look slim. It sucked me in, and I looked great in that suit. I'll tell you that. Give me all the sugary drinks. My skin's already fucking broken out, and I'm going to have to smash concealer all over my face to try to hide what I can, even though it's not doing that much, but somehow it still makes me feel fucking better. Give me all the sugar. We are off. We are in the car. We are having a great time. We get to the airport. We're super early. We're ready to go. Go into the airport. Go through security. Now, mind you, Nick and I booked our flights together. Mike did not book his flight with us. <laughs> Because he's a procrastinator ass bitch. He booked his flight on his own separately from us. That's a key point to the story later. We go through security. All is good. We're still super early. We head right to the bar. Let's get as fucked up as possible before we get on this flight and fucking start this weekend off. I am not a big drinker. I like my wine. I like some beers when I'm out. I don't drink very often or very much, but when I go on a vacation or as some kind of trip that's similar, I am on go time. I have one speed and it is fucking go. <laughs> We're pounding drinks at this bar for the last, like, I don't know, half hour <laughs> that we spent there. Pounding drinks at the bar. We close out our tab. It's about 30 minutes, 30 minutes before the flight. Flights will, any flight will let you get on the plane with a ticket 10 minutes before. But we're like, oh, we only got a half an hour. We got to get the fuck over there, right? It's literally right next to us. So we walk, we get in line. There's like five people in front of us. And then there's probably like 10 people behind us, all with tickets waiting to get on the flight. Nobody is at the gate. The gate says boarding group nine. Doesn't say final call. Doesn't say like we're looking for this person or that person like in certain situations. Just says boarding group nine. But there is no one at the gate. The doors are closed and there are no staff members at American Airlines. 
gate, whatever the fuck it was, okay? I hope you all choke. Two fucking bitches. I refer to bitch behavior as bitches. It's not a woman-specific thing. It's not me being a sexist or a woman hater. It's not, we can't call women bitches and whores. If you are a whore, you are a whore, whether you're a man or a woman. If you are committing bitch behavior, I'm going to refer to you as these bitches, whether you're a man, a woman, a they, a them. I don't give a motherfuck. Bitch behavior makes you a bitch, and this was bitch behavior. These two bitches come out of nowhere, like a fucking rabbit out of a hat. These bitches popped out of nowhere like they were fucking Chris Angel. Come bopping down the fucking way to the counter, and we're all just looking around like, all right, I guess the flight is delayed. Like, let's be patient. Mind you, there's literally 20 to 25 of us all in the same position with all tickets. This isn't two people that this happened to. This is 25 people. These bitches have the nerve to say to us that the flight is closed. Closed? What do you mean closed? We have tickets. You got 20 fucking empty seats on your plane? What are you talking about? They then tell us that for the past 20 minutes, they've been calling our names individually. Where were we? Why didn't we get on the flight? We said calling our names. We had been standing there at this point for almost 25 minutes, and it was just now, two minutes before the supposed flight takeoff time, which means that we were there far enough in advance that we should not have not gotten on our flight. I understand that there's a cutoff time, but we arrived 25 minutes, let's say it was like 15, 20 minutes before the flight time, there's no reason that we shouldn't have gotten on that flight. Everyone loses it. Everyone fucking loses it in the line. We are all freaking the fuck out. It's like something out of a crazy Karen video that you see on the motherfucking internet. But I promise you, this was justified. They're not even being nice to us. I understand that it's not these two girls' fault at the gate, but they are, like, rude as fuck. Telling us, literally looking us in the face, 20 to 25 people, I don't know the exact number, telling us that we are delusional and what we are telling them happened never happened. That's the craziest feeling in the world. At least admit that you fucked up and say that something happened and we're going to try to figure it out. Don't fucking look us all in the face and act like every single one of us have conspired the story together in the past three minutes to then get the two of you fucked over. It makes more sense that the two of you have come up with this story. Everyone's losing it. The girls are freaking out on everyone. And then all of a sudden, this little bald-headed short motherfucker, manager of American Airlines, comes out of nowhere... Okay? Nowhere. And tells us the same story. Oh, well, we called your names individually for the past 15 minutes and nobody was here. Nobody was calling names. Nobody was at the motherfucking gate. It said boarding group nine. There was no announcement or message on the screen that said final boarding call like any other fucking flight you've ever been on. You're literally just making up stories. And telling the rest of us that we've come up with this mass planned lie. Insanity. Honestly, I'm kind of digging recording in the car. Maybe this will be like my new little office. I'm going to have another thing coming to me when I kill my fucking car battery. Anyway, back to the story. So the American Airlines piece of shit asshole fucking manager continues to tell us that we're making up stories in our head and lets us know that they put standby people in our fucking seats after we apparently missed our flight. We're livid. They basically tell us there's nothing they can do but send us to the fucking rebooking desk to get put on a fucking standby list. 20 people with goddamn tickets on this flight are going to get put on the standby list because you're incompetent. 
whatever. The last thing you want to do is fight with airport employees. If you have any hope of getting anything done and getting where you need to go, the last thing you want to do is tell the airport employees that they are pieces of shit, even if they are acting like complete pieces of shit. Correct? Correct. Come to find out after some Inspector Gadget investigative work that there was a storm in North Carolina the day before or two, and it has fucked all the flights. Everyone's getting bumped off flights, rolled over, standby. There's 52 people on the motherfucking standby list at this point for North Carolina. So what did they do? They fucked up somehow, and this continued to roll over this issue for two or three fucking days, and they were trying to get the people from yesterday that couldn't get on a motherfucking flight, thanks to them, on any flight they could, including bumping people who didn't show up 40 minutes before the flight left. They had to have put people in our seats at least 30 minutes before the takeoff time as standby. Unheard of. Am I correct? Please disagree with me if I'm wrong. Please reach out and slap me in the face like Will Smith if you think that I'm being ridiculous and this is our fault. Nick and I proceed to the rebooking desk of American Airlines with the rest of the people who are having the same fucking issue. The manager is dealing with a person who is yelling at him, and I don't see Mike walk away towards the manager. If I had, <laughs> I probably would have thrown myself in front of him like a gunshot was coming to save him from what was about to happen. Mike has a temper, and he walks up to the motherfucking manager of American Airlines and starts getting in his face and screaming. Was he wrong with what he was saying? No. Was he wrong with his delivery in this situation? Yes. Where is that going to get you? But on the no-flight list. I hear his yelling. I, <laughs> I know what it sounds like when Mike is angry. I hear his distinct yelling voice, and I turn around, and I see him, and he is walking back with this piece of shit manager, and all I hear is, oh, yeah, what do you think? You're a tough guy? What are you going to do about it? And the guy's like, um, throw you out of the fucking airport? Who knows what other choice words he used, but he comes to the rebooking desk line and the manager goes his own way. Now we get to the front of the rebooking desk and Mike's hot. He's pissed. He's telling the lady by the counter, you need to do something about this. And rightfully so, 100% correct. But in this situation, like I said, what we need to do is suck the assholes of the other employees who had nothing to do with this. So if there's any chance that they can do anything, they feel sorry for us. Lay it on thick. The drama, the emotions, fake tears, I don't care. Do something <laughs> to help benefit the situation. Out of nowhere, okay, I go to a different gate. I realize there's another flight going to Charlotte. I go to another gate and I'm like, I'm going to get us on the standby list at another gate. Whatever other list there is, we're getting on it. I go to the other gate. They stay at the rebooking desk. I go up to the lady, very nice lady. Apparently, while I'm gone, a fight breaks out between a 50-something-year-old gentleman and the American Airlines male employee behind the counter, resulting in the customer swinging at him and hitting him in the face. Mike jumps in the middle to break it up, which he should have minded his fucking business. And who walks over at this exact time to see Mike involved in some sort of altercation? But the American Airlines manager, he looks at the employee and says, take that guy's boarding pass. He's not flying American Airlines today. What the fuck?
At the same time, I'm over there trying to sweet talk the other lady at the gate for her to give me everyone's standby boarding passes, even though they're not there and I don't have their IDs. And she prints me three, including Mike's. I look up at the screen of the standby list, and we are now number 50 and 51. So first I realize we're not getting a fucking flight today, and maybe we're not even going to this wedding. One of our literal best friends, we've been looking forward to this forever, like all three of us are just not going to show up. That's how this is going to go. That or we're going to have to rent a car and fucking drive down there for 12 hours. And we're lucky if we make it for the wedding the next day, if we can stay a fucking wake. I come back to find out that Mike's... <laughs> I come back to find out that Mike is possibly on the no-fly list. And I realize, while I'm looking up at the screen, the second thing I realize is that mine and Nick's names are number 50 and 51 on the standby list. But there's no Mike on the fucking standby list. I thought that was peculiar, but I said, you know what, let me just keep that in my head and keep that to myself. Maybe things will be okay. I have a literal boarding pass that says standby with his name on it. We're good. We were not good. Nick is drunk. He was pounding Jameson and Ginger's at the bar before we got on our flight or didn't get on our flight. He goes all the way out through security to the American Airlines desk and tries to get us on some sort of priority standby list. I guess he was talking to the woman and, you know, trying to turn on the charm. Comes back with some weird boarding passes, but not for Mike because he wasn't up there with his ID and his reservation. I told you to hold on to this is not on Nick's itinerary because he booked it separately. So because I booked it with Nick, uh, he can get my pass, Mike did not. And this is where the trouble starts. We are looking up flights in a panic. I'm calling Beefsteak trying to tell him the situation. He's telling me there's like 30 people who are having the same issue. Don't even know if they're going to make the wedding. The whole welcome party on Friday night is going to be half fucking empty because nobody can make it to goddamn Charlotte, North Carolina. We are looking up flights everywhere. We're looking up flights out of different cities. Can we drive to Jersey? Can we drive to Pennsylvania? Catch a fucking flight there. Can we fly to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is a couple hours away, rent a car and drive down once we get there. Every fucking flight is so booked, it says literally negative 10 seats. Negative 10 seats. There are so many people on fucking standby, you cannot get a flight to anywhere in North Carolina, basically, from LaGuardia or JFK until 9 o'clock the next evening. And any flight you can get yourself on is literally $1,000 to go two hours, two hours on a flight. We're in an absolute panic sitting in front of some weird fucking water fountain with LED lights and a fucking show. There's some water show going on in the middle of LaGuardia Airport next to the fucking Cinnabon. It makes zero sense to me and I don't like it. But did I sit there and watch it to take away from some of my stress and calm me. Yes, the mist that came from the fountain was beautiful on my sweating face. We try to get on two more flights, running from gate to gate every time there's a new flight announced for Charlotte. We are running from gate to gate, hoping that the standby list is going to roll over. The third time we try to get on a flight, we're like, this isn't happening. Like, this is it. We're either getting on this flight or we're going home and reconvening. We're going to get something to fucking eat. And we're going to figure this out. We're going to get there somehow, but we got to figure this out. There's a million people waiting to get on this flight. And we're like, there's no fucking way we're getting on this flight. There's no fucking way we're getting on this flight. We're already like two or three hours past the time we were supposed to get on the last flight. We should have been there already. 
Lo and behold, they are calling name after name after name. This poor woman who I hadn't seen yet, she was new here. We're at the original gate, by the way. Different staff members. I hope they fucking fired those three other fucking assholes. This woman is panicking. You can see in her face she wants to fucking die. I felt so sorry for her. She's calling name after name after name. I'm like, what are there, 40 empty seats on this plane? Like, is this even a fucking plane? What's going on here? Did they add this flight? Where did they come up with a new fucking plane? Are we going to die on this plane that they just put together like a fucking couple pieces of Legos so they can shut us the fuck up? What's going on? Everybody's getting on this flight somehow. So they call me. Because my last name starts with a big fat fucking D. So although I used to get called first in a fucking assembly or for school pictures like I didn't fucking want to, many situations in school I didn't want to be first to, to fucking present my stupid ass project, my fucking diorama. But you know what? I'm on the priority list when it comes to the fucking flight because my last name starts with a D, bitch. So Nick says, yep, that's us. Let's go. So we're approaching the gate. And we are standing behind the gate on the way to the plane. Mike is telling them, I got to get on this flight. Those are my people. I'm flying with them. We're going to a wedding. I'm standing in between Mike and Nick. Nick's like almost on the plane. Mike's still behind the fucking gate. And I'm in the middle looking back between the two of them. And the lady's telling Mike, you're not on this fucking list. You are not on this list. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, but I booked the blah, blah, blah. I was on the original flight. You're not on this list. I don't know what to tell you. You're not getting on this plane. So I'm like, what do we do? I'm looking at Nick. I'm like, we can't leave him. We can't lose a fucking member. (laughs) We can't leave him here like a lost boy. And Mike's like, go. Like, you guys need to go. I'll figure it out. Like, somebody needs to show up at this wedding from our little fucking group, our band of of lunatics. Only to find out that they had refunded... Mike his flight and the reason he was not on the list is most likely because he verbally assaulted the manager of American Airlines and then got himself in the middle of an altercation between a strange man and an employee of American Airlines and they banned him from flying forever is it just for that day or is it literally fucking forever we will never know Nick and I get on the flight and immediately it just like kills the vibe for the whole day. We're fucking pissed. We're pissed that we're late. We're pissed that we missed the time where we were going to get to the hotel and just like chill out before we had to do anything. We're pissed that we had to leave Mike behind and we have no fucking idea if he's actually going to get there. Whatever we get on the flight. I'm texting Mike. I buy the in-flight Wi-Fi because I'm like, I got to keep up on this situation and find out what the fuck's going on. He's literally sitting in his car because he doesn't know if he's ever going to get a flight and he can't drive home because the traffic is so fucking wild at this point that he will literally sit in bumper to bumper forever. So he's sitting in his car (laughs) and there wasn't even any more alcohol left in there. So we land, we get to the airport. Mike's going home at this point. He's going to try to figure something out the next day, but he's, he's out for the day. Nick and I go to get an Uber and it's literally Morrisville, North Carolina is where we're going to this goddamn hotel. That's 10 minutes from the venue. Okay. Morrisville, North Carolina, the literal middle of fucking nowhere. There is nothing there. We try to get an Uber For a 30-minute ride, it's fucking $90. You want to talk about price gouging? $90 fucking dollars to go a few miles, 30 minutes. So we're like, fuck it, let's take a taxi. The lady's like, oh, it's this much a mile. It'll probably be about 55, 60 bucks. No, we take the taxi and it's still fucking $90 by the time the tip is done. We're like, what the fuck is this shit? $90 for a 30-minute ride. What are we in for? We get to the hotel. I'm running around. We're trying to make it to the welcome party. I'm fucking steaming clothes. I'm ironing. I'm throwing shit everywhere. I'm trying to get the airport off of me with cologne because I do not have enough time to take a shower and re-get ready. (laughs) 
I actually took a quick body shower. <laughs> you know the kind of shower where you're in a rush and you don't have time to like fuck up and redo your hair. <laughs> so you just shower your fucking body and hope for the best. That's what I did. The first 10 minutes I'm at the hotel, I meet Priscilla in the elevator. Priscilla is Slay Queen's mom's best friend. She is, I think she's in her 50s. She is my idol, okay? She is out of control. The second I started talking to her, by chance, I just struck up a conversation with a stranger, and she told me who she was and what she was there for. I said, this is my bitch. We are going to party together all fucking weekend. <laughs> Priscilla is a fucking vibe. And honestly, pin that part in, in, the, in the story for later. Everything's a vibe, apparently. <laughs> We're getting there. Our friend Andrew, who I lovingly refer to as Ginger Peach, he's a light ginger, very light on the gingerness. And his girlfriend Dawn, they live in Charlotte, so they pick us up on the way to this fucking welcome dinner, okay? Super excited to reunite with Peach. Super depressed that we are missing a fucking band member. Beefsteak and Slay Queen. Let me just give you a little backstory on them, okay? They met in their junior year of college. They've been together for quite some years. They are literally everyone who knows them. They are the couple goals. They are everyone's couple goals. They are the literal definition of marrying your best friend. They are perfect for each other. They have nothing but a great time together. They're definitely fucking like rabid animals. 10 out of 10 would watch them have sex. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. They are the perfect fucking couple. It is so incredible to be at their wedding. We're all so excited. We all love them, love them for each other, love them together, love them separately, the whole fucking bit, right? And I hate weddings. I hate fucking weddings. I hate going to weddings. I'm tired of the shit, but I'm honestly thinking to myself and saying the whole time, like, I'm actually super invested in this wedding. I've never actually looked forward to going to a wedding ceremony as much as this one. I'm super fucking stoked. Ew, I can't believe I just said stoked. Ugh, gross. Must have been the L.A. people I was hanging around all fucking weekend. We go to the welcome dinner, and I am immediately told by a source who shall remain nameless, mostly because I don't know the person's name, that a celebrity sibling is in the building. So Beefsteak has a friend who I will refer to as Flowcut Smolder. Because <laughs> he's got a flow cut, and if you look at his pictures or you see him in person, he's always got this... GQ Smolder on his face. It's very confusing. He looks like stone. Flowcut Smolder is dating. I don't know if I want to call her. I, I, I got a lot of names that are not very appropriate and kind of rude that I'm not going to say, but I, do I want to call her La La Land? Both because she lives in La La Land, like her mental state, and she's also from LA, or should I call her Silly Goose? Let's go with that one because that's what she is, a silly goose. So Flowcut Smolder is dating Silly Goose who has a celebrity sibling, a child star who used to have a popular children teen TV show. I immediately begin to Instagram stalk, okay? This girl has quite a lot of followers. I cannot fucking stand when people put public figure on their Instagram, because all that tells me is that you have no real job and no real talent. Everyone in the entertainment industry who has a job or talent, a model, anything, you've got some sort of title. Public figure to me means you have a lot of followers, probably for no reason or on the coattails of someone else, and you have no job title to display on your Instagram. <laughs> I love seeing influencers in the wild. Oh, I also fucking hate when people put 
in their Instagram bio, their TikTok link. I'm all about sharing your social media links on various platforms so you can push your audience from one platform to another. I get it. I'm in the hustle. But I can't fucking stand when people put TikTok with an arrow and then they write uh, 150K. 150k 400k on tiktok why are you broadcasting that in your instagram bio is this a fucking resume builder oh this person has 400k followers on tiktok i better follow them what the fuck is wrong with you i don't understand how followers and likes have become the new fucking currency in the entertainment industry i can't take it i can't take it I absolutely love seeing influencers in the wild because for the most part, they're not real people, right? They're like wacky and crazy and they're posing all the time, very pouty, very lips out. You know, like the way they walk, it's just all fucking weird and strange. They usually don't eat food. <laughs> they like survive off of vodka tonics <laughs> or Prosecco. It's very strange, but I'm trying not to be judgmental, right? I'm like, maybe these people will be really fucking cool and I'll have some great conversations about the entertainment industry and social media and like all the shit I'm fucking on my own journey with and all the shit I enjoy, you know, like maybe we'll have a great conversation. I was wrong. So my ears perk up and I start doing some Instagram social media stalking on these two influencers, air quotes. I'm intrigued. I'm not going to lie. Welcome party is wonderful and beautiful. North Carolina is actually really nice. There's some great venues there. The weather is frigid, which apparently is super abnormal for that time of year. And mind you, it was cold the whole time we were there. And the day we woke up to leave, it was nice. And then the day after we leave, it was 80-something degrees. What is the fucking luck that the next week is beautiful weather? It, the one week we're there, it's a shitstorm, literally. There is literally nothing in this town of North Carolina, Morrisville, North Carolina. It is impossible to get an Uber or fucking Lyft at fucking 10.30 at night, but somehow we manage after quite a while of waiting. We get back to the hotel. There's a hotel bar. Everyone's in the lobby. I go upstairs and change into some sweatpants. Come back down. Everyone's partying. We picked up like a bunch of 12 racks of beers and fucking I got two tall boy twisted tees because I'm a piece of shit. And we're fucking wiling in the lobby. The bar is staying open late for us, later than they usually do. They cut people off at 2, and we made it. We pushed it to the fucking limit. There's a little outdoor area next to the bar. We're fucking lighting blunts. Everyone's getting crazy and hanging out. Now, the girls are at a different hotel, obviously. So the boys are wiling and going crazy. We're mingling. We're chilling. We're hanging out, right? We get whacked until like three o'clock in the morning we're going upstairs and i'm telling beefsteak i said you better get in your fucking room you better get in your motherfucking room because you are wasted and you gotta be up early and get married tomorrow beefsteak and i are staying on the same floor the whole wedding party's on floor two pretty much anybody who got there the friday night or the thursday night before the saturday wedding is on the second floor it's it's a party time the hallway's quiet. We've been in the hallway for probably about three or four minutes. Beefsteak and I are hanging out our doors across the hall. He's one or two down across the hall. And we're like bullshitting with each other for a minute. Across the hall from me, in room 222, no less. So all you bitches with your angels numbers and all the shit you fucking spew, the literal devil came out of that room. The biggest Karen-ass bitch I've ever seen in real life. Why they put this woman, her husband, and their small child on the fucking wedding floor, floor number two, is beyond me. 
Morrisville Hilton Garden Inn. I don't know what you were thinking. This woman comes out and says, there are other people at this hotel. She's freaking out. My instinct is to be nice and try to calm her down. So I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's getting married tomorrow. You know, we're getting a little fucking nuts the night before the wedding. She literally is like, I'm not going back in this room until you guys stop talking. And Beefsteak looks at me and says, are you done talking? And I said, nope. So I guess you're going to be waiting a minute. She slams the door in our face as we go to bed. Saturday, we wake up. It's wedding day. It's fucking go time. There was a 10 o'clock brunch or a 9 o'clock brunch, some shit that they were trying to get me to wake up for. I set my alarm. I woke up a half an hour before. I said, nope, I'm going right back to bed. Oh, mind you. The night before, when I walked into the lobby with my sweatpants on and my 12 racks, I hear someone say my name, my government name. And I turn around, and it was a literal classmate of mine from fucking high school who was a year or so younger than me, who apparently is dating one of the Slay Queen's friends or engaged, whatever. I thought I was hallucinating from the goddamn beers and the swig of codeine that I took. <laughs> What? Who said that? I thought I was fucking hallucinating when I saw this person. No ill will. No bad feelings towards the interaction. Just literal fucking flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it. So wake up on the wedding day, skip the brunch because I got fucking banged up the night before and I'm super lucky that I did not get hungover, but I was not feeling waking up at that time. I had a few more hours in me of sleep. I had been pounding liquid IV. I bought a box of liquid IV for the first time. If you've never tried it, you need to get on that shit. It literally will change your life when you are drinking. Take one before you drink. Take one after you drink when you go to, before you go to bed. Pop an Advil and a liquid IV and your life will fucking change, I promise you. As we are getting ready, putting our shit together, I'm steaming fucking clothes. I bought a pink suit, a light pink suit. Head to my fucking Instagram if you haven't seen my pink suit because it's the literal most glorious thing you'll see today. I was looking at it in the store. I got it from Express and I was like looking at my boyfriend. I'm like, is this too gay? Is this too much? Like, what do you think? He liked it. I liked it. And he's way less of a fucking flamer than I am. So if he liked it, I thought we were good. And I texted it to Beefsteak and I was like, do you like this? Is it too much for your fucking wedding? Loved it. Seal of approval from the groom. We're good. Pink suit. I am steaming the shit out of the fucking pink suit. Getting myself together. I go to look at my bag because I bought all the boys cards. I went to the store and I said, I'm going to get everybody a card because I'm assuming you guys didn't fucking buy one yet. So I bought everybody's cards. I realized that when I wrote out my sappy card that was too long with my sappy bullshit and put the money in it and put the fucking, you know, put the whole thing together. I left it on my motherfucking coffee table along with my megaphone that I was going to use to scream at everybody the entire wedding. Thank God I left the megaphone home, honestly. You're welcome. Now I'm pissed because, like, I could go get a new card and put more fucking money in it, but I wrote my gay-ass message when I was stoned at 2 o'clock in the morning before I went to bed, and I know it was fucking good. I know it was fucking good, so I decided I'm just going to have to mail the card. The speech is worth it. <laughs> probably not. It's probably not as good as I thought it was when I was high at 2 a.m., or it's really fucking corny and terrible, and I'm going to want to kill myself. I should honestly open it, read it, make sure it's okay, and put it in a new envelope and send it to them when they get back from their honeymoon <laughs> so I can make some edits. Venue's beautiful. Weather's a little chilly and iffy. Everything's beautiful other than that. Let's just 
move on from the fact that the entire ceremony was beautiful. I cried because Beefsteak started crying, and he's so fucking pure and wonderful. He's literally the perfect man. He's so genuine and wonderful that when he started crying, it makes me emotional, okay? I've only seen him cry a few times, but every time, without fail, my cold heart starts to soften and melt, and a tear sheds from my eye, but it was okay because I wore my sunglasses the entire fucking ceremony to avoid anyone seeing me having some sort of emotion. <laughs> I am not about to cry in front of a bunch of fucking strangers. Ceremony was beautiful. Vows were beautiful. Everything It's just beaming off of them how happy they are and how much they love each other. And honestly, if that's not the way my day goes when I get fucking married, I don't want it. Take it back. Put it in a package. Return it to Kohl's for the Amazon Express return that they have now where you just drop that shit off and send it back and you get refunded. Because if it's not like that, I don't fucking want it. Okay. The bride walks in. The bride walks down the aisle. Flowcut Smolder is a groomsman. He's in the wedding party. So he's already up at the front. Who walks in not a minute after the motherfucking bride, Slay Queen herself, walks down the aisle, but Silly Goose in a fucking cooch dress, okay? One centimeter higher, and I would have seen a couple of lips, and I'm not talking about the ones on her face. Who walks in late? After the fucking bride to someone's wedding ceremony. Are you insane? If the bride has already walked in, you forfeit. You take the L and you stay outside until the motherfucking ceremony is over. Let alone in a club party girl dress with your fucking twat hanging out. Give me a goddamn break. The dress was short enough for me to see that she was wearing goddamn underwear. I'll tell you that. Ceremony goes on. Everything's great. We head to the cocktail hour, and now I get, like, my first real glimpse of Flowcut Smolder and Silly Goose in the wild, in their habitat, acting themselves naturally, if they even know who they are as themselves. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of an identity crisis going on on Silly Goose's end, but whatever. So I'm hanging out. I'm enjoying the cocktail hour. The wedding comes. We're having a great time. The speeches go on. You know, the normal wedding shit. I'm getting up 75 times to chain smoke cigarettes, get another drink, and, <laughs> and have millions of people take pictures of me until I get the perfect one of me in my pink suit during the fucking golden sunset hour. Mission accomplished. Everybody starts to head outside. I guess it was after dinner, right? And they have this whole setup outside. There's this really cool tent. It's cold, but there's heaters. We're making it work. And it's like a fucking house party vibe. There's like lights everywhere and glow sticks and the DJ. And the DJ had like a percussionist. And it was really, really dope. Like the whole scene was great. And they're such like partiers and they want to dance and have a good time. Slay Queen just wants to shake her fucking ass. And that's why we get along so well because so do I. The only thing I want to do at a party is drop my fucking ass to the floor. That's why I buy chino pants instead of suit pants. So I can bend down and drop it low, motherfucker. Like, it's plotted. We got a plan here. I go back in to visit Dawn because Ginger Peach is outside and Dawn is at the table and she's all by her lonesome. I go back inside. I'm super high at this point, by the way. I went outside with one of Beefsteak's friends and got super stoned because my, my two favorite of Beefsteak's friends that I met this weekend continuously pulled me outside when it was joint time and I appreciate them very much for that. So I'm super fucking stoned talking to Dawn. I'm looking around and I go to use the bathroom. I come back. I'm talking to Dawn. I look at the, I look at the bathroom and I see Flowcut Smolder and Silly Goose lurking around the bathroom entrances. I see Flowcut Smolder and Silly Goose walk into the men's room and then they walk out because there's people in there. 
and realizing, oh, they're looking for the fuck spot. They're looking for the spot to get it in. And I watch them go into the women's room, and I get up and leave. I'm like, I can't bear witness to this. What is wrong with you? You were in the fucking wedding party. You've been here for two hours. You can't just have a good time with these fucking people, your college friends, and fuck each other later. You literally have a hotel 15 minutes away that you're going to be back to in two hours. You need to literally pound one out in the bathroom. I am all for sex and fun weird places. Don't confuse me and twist it up as a fucking prude who won't put a dick in my mouth somewhere crazy. I'm really sorry if you're listening to this, Dad. I apologize. But, like, you either need to just get used to it, Mom and Dad, or, like, just not listen to this podcast anymore because we're fucking going there, you know? I'm done. I'm done censoring myself for the sake of my parents and family. We're done. I will put a dick in my mouth somewhere if we're having a, a party time. We're feeling good, right? But you are a groomsman in the motherfucking wedding, and you are two fake celebrities that everyone, the older people all think you're famous. They think they're supposed to be watching you. They think people know who you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's got their eyes on you. Everyone's talking about what you're doing. That's what you want to be remembered for? The TikTok couple that was fucking in the women's bathroom of the barn that this wedding is in, this beautiful, elegant barn? What a fucking bunch of losers. As I said in last week's episode, anyone can be a fucking loser. Successful poor, rich, whatever you are, a loser is a character trait. It doesn't matter what your status in life is. You can be a fucking loser. Come to find out later that Slay Queen makes her way up like the queen she is to make her outfit change because she had a second dress for her to shake her fucking fat ass in. Good for you, bitch. That's what I expected and she delivered. She goes up to her bridal suite. Must have been not long after I saw Flocot, Smolder, and Silly Goose heading into the women's room. She goes up to the bridal suite and goes to use the bathroom, but the door's locked. So she knocks, and a guy says, oh, one minute or whatever. So she just assumes that there must be, like, a guy shitting in there. It must be a guy that's too embarrassed that they're having a diarrhea attack. <laughs> fucking gastrointestinal issues in the middle of the wedding and they snuck upstairs to shit in the bathroom perfectly acceptable perfectly forgivable but then nobody's coming out she's up there with her wedding planner and i believe beefsteak and she's trying to like you know use the bathroom and change into her dress she's got her tits out her nice tits out so like whatever I tried to get her to take her boobs out the whole weekend. The whole weekend, I was like, take your boobs out. And I was waiting for her to be drunk enough to do it, but it never happened. So she's up there with the planner and her now husband celebrating her fucking marriage, trying to get in her next dress so she could just get downstairs and party like she's been wanting to all fucking night. The bitch has literally been looking forward to the whole time planning this wedding, getting to the point where she can go outside and drop her ass. That's all she wants to do. After nobody coming out for minutes, she then pounds on the door again. And who opens the door but Flowcut Smolder? And from the story I got from my various sources, she was like, what the fuck is going on in there? Like, what are you doing? Okay, can you like get the fuck out? And he's like, not leaving? And then he comes out, and apparently the wedding planner made a joke and was like, what, do you got your girlfriend in there? And who pops out from behind the fucking curtain like the motherfucking Wizard of Foz but Silly Goose? You mean to tell me that you snuck in the bridal suite to fuck 
during literal the end of dinner before dessert while everybody went outside to party except for the few stragglers who were sitting at a table. And then when Slay Queen at her own wedding in her own bridal suite came to knock on the door to use her own private bathroom that she probably paid $5 million to have over the course of this entire wedding, you continued to fuck Silly Goose? <laughs> While you knew the literal bride was out there waiting for you so she could take a goddamn piss and take her breasts out and put them into a new dress? What fucking assholes. I literally always go off the cuff when I make videos or I do podcasts, but there's so much to unpack with this story that I made a fucking outline that I'm sitting here reading and I'm just reading this part that I didn't look at. I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget anything because I just said all that stuff out of my brain. But I wanted to make sure I didn't forget anything. And all I see is intro to Silly Goose and Flo Cut Smolder. Stalking Instas on the way. Cooch dress. Walks in after bride. Dinner sex. Bathroom sex. Bridal suite sex. <laughs> what a bunch of fucking identifiers for these two people who are makeshift fake celebrities. Bathroom sex. Bridal suite sex. Dinner sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I can't wait to get the cease and desist in the mail I'm gonna post them fucking everywhere do it I fucking dare you the wedding was beautiful stunning sexual not in the way that Flo Con Smolder and Silly Goose were sexual but you know what I mean beautiful stunning elegant everything I would expect from Slay Queen and her wonderful taste the bartenders did not know what fucking hit them the venue is just the venue in these situations. And everything else is provided by separate vendors that you hire. So Beefsteak and Slay Queen literally bought all the alcohol from a separate place, like a liquor store, I guess, and provided it to the venue. These motherfuckers, I swear to God, they must have just never seen a New York wedding or been around people like us because everybody was drinking, like drinking heavy. These bartenders lost their minds. They didn't know what the fuck hit them. But I'll tell you what they made is some fucking money because I gave them a 20 three fucking times over the course of the night. And I know I'm not the the only one because everyone there is in some sort of industry where they understand what's going on and if they're not they're literally fucking from New York. You tip your bartenders. Like, that's how it works. They definitely made more money than they're used to seeing. They were trying to cut us off so hard. And they weren't trying to save money because the alcohol didn't belong to the venue. They just wanted us the fuck out of there at some point. I know it. I know it. They were fucking done with us and our craziness, screaming and yelling and acting like crazy people. The best time. So the bartenders cut us off from our own alcohol. <laughs> and then we proceed back to the hotel for the after party, which is in the lobby of the hotel bar again, full of pizza, McDicks, as I call them, McDonald's, loud music. I'm like, I can't believe they're letting you guys play this fucking speaker this loud. Craziness. Everyone's smoking J's outside the outdoor area again on the patio. The disco lights at the bar are going. They backed themselves up with a second bartender because they knew better after the fucking night before. Most of us go up and change. I find beefsteak in the hallway as we're about to go outside. We're talking in the hallway. We're literally in the hallway for like a minute and a half. And it's not even this late at this point. It's probably like 1130 at most. As we're about to walk past room 222, the angel numbers, the devil herself comes out again. But this time she doesn't speak to us. And nobody else really pays attention to what's going on because they didn't witness what had happened the night before. They had just kind of heard the story. She comes storming out, stomping like an angry fucking lesbian. She doesn't even look at us, and she is stomping towards the elevator, 
and Beefsteak and I look at each other and we knew. We were like, she's going to fucking complain about us. Lo and behold, we get down the elevator. She's at the front desk screaming things like, there's a bunch of fucking wild animals all over the floor. What's going on? (laughs) I walked up to the lady that worked there after she left and went back to her room and I was like, that lady hates us. Like, she wants us all to die. I don't know what we've done other than talk in the hallway a few times. It's not like we're partying in the middle of the fucking hallway. I don't know what her deal is. And the lady was like unbothered by that crazy lady. (laughs) So shout out to the fucking Hilton in Morrisville, North Carolina for being the wildest bunch of motherfuckers I ever seen in a hotel in my life. We're partying in the lobby all night, right? Enter from stage left, Silly Goose and Flow Cut Smolder. They are still dressed in their wedding attire. The cooch dress is riding further and further up. And they alternate for the next 30 minutes between screaming at each other and making out. They can't decide what they want to do. Do they want to fight or do they want to fuck in front of everybody? They can't seem to figure it out. She's yelling things at him like, oh, yeah, you fucking ex-girlfriend. I don't know what was going on, but apparently they've only been dating for a very short period of time. So that relationship seems to be going nowhere quickly. I don't know if this is like a clout thing or like one of those L.A. social climber situations. I heard there's a lot of fake relationships in L.A. I heard that a lot of people from my sources. I have good sources. I can't reveal them, but when I tell you my sources on the inside of the entertainment industry, I have like four, are fucking heavy hitters. If I told you on this podcast, which I cannot do, who my sources were into certain things, not anything in relation to this story, just in general, it would blow your fucking mind. But I'm not going to tell you, so live with that. Anyway, I've heard there's a lot of fake relationships in LA where they like fucking relate relationship with each other and fuck each other and post shit for like some clout and agreements i'm not saying that that's what's going on here i'm not alleging that i have no proof of that i'm not suggesting that so keep your fucking lawsuits to yourself but you know there's a little bit of a fucking performance going on in this relationship you know the pictures say it all flow cut smolder and silly goose are alternating between screaming at each other and making out. Literally in front of everyone in the lobby. So, like, I don't want to hear it that I'm talking about this. Like, keep your fucking business in your room if you don't want anybody to talk about it. Because you know who was talking about this situation? Literally everyone at the fucking wedding and everyone in the goddamn lobby after party, which was the entire wedding. I'm just the only one with a show to talk about it on. Everyone else talked about it with each other all over the fucking place as it was happening, after it happened, the whole bit. So don't fucking blame me because I have a show show to talk about it on i was dying and living for this content i can't even tell you living and dying the whole time i'm thinking this is excellent content and it would have been either way if i would have had a nice conversation with these two people and had some great conversations about the entertainment industry it would have been just as great of content to talk about but the fact that it was such a literal disaster imploding in front of all of our faces was even better. I don't wish that on people. I don't wish anyone ill will. But if it's going to happen, thank God I was fucking there with a front row seat. Flowcut Smolder and Silly Goose disappear, probably off to their room to either continue to fight or f- have sex again. Everyone's like, what the fuck is going on over there? The hotel bartenders look a little concerned at some point, which is a red flag. Like, you don't know. Don't fucking do that. They're letting us get away with literal murder and you're going to fuck it up for us? They come back at some point. And Silly Goose, (laughs) 
is in some Nikes, some very tight sweatpants, and a fucking crop top. Listen, we all changed, right? But this bitch has her literal under tits hanging out of the bottom of her fucking crop top. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. I don't want to body shame anyone, but I feel like she needed some food and she would have been okay. Like, if she would have had a cracker, things would have gotten a little better. The mess continues. Silly Goose, I'm sitting at the bar with Ginger Peach and Dawn, and Silly Goose comes to the chair next to me and leans over the bar to order a drink. And I looked at Ginger Peach and I said, I'm going to fucking talk to her. I'm going to have a conversation with <laughs> her. I deserve this moment. I look over to her and I said, hey, so what are, you, what are you drinking? What are you ordering? She tells me what she's ordering. And we start getting into a stupid conversation. Literally one of the most unenjoyable conversations I've ever had in my life. But I suffered through it for you guys. I suffered through it to fucking talk about it here. Secretly, I was hoping that she was going to have like a master's degree and pop out with this like incredible speech about how brilliant she is and all the things she's done in her life. But most of what she said ended in a question. And even though it wasn't a question, it sounded like it was a question. You know, like, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm having such a great time here. None of which she said because that would have been too kind. Apparently, also, one of the girls in the bathroom looked at her at the wedding and was like, oh, hey, how do you know the bride? And she was like, I don't. And walked out. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate Los Angeles and everyone it produces. I'm talking to Silly Goose, making small talk. She's talking about L.A. She's telling me that's where she's from. I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to think I wanted to move to L.A., but now I don't think I would really like the people or the environment or the plastic or the bullshit or, like, mm, you know. And that was kind of rude because I kind of meant, like, people like her. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> so she's like, where are you from? <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. It's so mean. It really is so mean. But you know what? The behavior that you exhibited was bad enough. So, it's you know, I'm not talking about some sweet angel here fucking in the bridal suite bathroom. Okay. She says, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from New York. And she was like, New York is a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. And I looked at her and said, so nice to meet you. Hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Nobody knew what was about to happen next? Flow cut Smolder and Silly Goose are arguing yet again. She's crying in the corner. Other people are trying to calm her down. All of which you don't know her, mind you. Nobody knows this fucking bitch except for Flow cut Smolder. No one's ever seen this bitch in her in our fucking lives. <laughs> not Slay Queen's friends or family. Not Beefsteak's friends or family. No one has seen this bitch in their entire lives in person except for Flo Flow cut Smolder. And she has caused a literal scene from the second she's arrived in until the second she leaves. Somebody, I don't know if it was the hotel, I don't know if it was someone in another room who heard them arguing with each other, someone called the police and reported some sort of fighting and some sort of domestic situation because they were quote-unquote concerned. And who walks in to our fucking hotel bar after party with blunts and joints and God knows what else was going on on the patio. But two Morrisville police officers, a male and a female cop, awaiting the arrival of the third police officer. So now, this is a very small space, by the way. This is a hotel lobby 
It's not that big. You can see every inch. It's big enough, but you can see every inch of the fucking lobby from any spot in the lobby or the bar or the outdoor patio area or the front door for that matter. Anywhere you stand, you can see the entire room. So literally everyone, if you feel like you can't believe I'm codename secretly but not so secretly exposing these people, keep in mind that the police are addressing this woman as well as Fogot Smolder, in a room where everyone can see it. Everyone has stopped and stared, stopped what they're doing, and is staring. The only thing keeping it going and not making it as awkward as it could have been was that no one turned the music off. Everyone is staring at this situation. By some miracle, everything's fine. Nobody gets arrested. Everything's okay. Flo cuts Smolder, sticks around for a little bit, and Silly Goose disappears, thank God. Silly Goose tries to, like, laugh it and play it off. I don't know what's going on. And then... <laughs> I'm just kidding. That noise did not come out of her. But the demon inside did. This is why you don't invite L.A. natives or fake celebrities to events. Because they don't know how to act in public if everything is not about them. So they cause a scene to make it all about them. I don't know Flocot Smolder. I don't know him at all. Maybe he's a really nice, great guy who's just made a poor choice and a partner. But you know what? The choices you make in the people you surround yourself and cart around with you are going to end up reflecting on you. Silly Goose disappears. Flocot Smolder disappears soon after. Everyone enjoys the rest of the night. There's a little bit of an awkward situation where everyone's kind of like talking about what just happened. But it smooths over pretty quickly and everything moves on. No one addresses it any longer. We continue to party until about 3 a.m. Beefsteaks friends once again are like, we're going to smoke. You're in the crew now. Let's go. We smoked in the basement parking garage. I don't know how many times. Like, it's a miracle that they didn't see us on camera. Or if they did, they just didn't fucking care. Like, they didn't care about any other wild shit we were pulling. And they just let us rock. We had the best time. So shout out to Beefsteaks friends, Falvo, Jay, Sal, Kastner, am I missing anyone? And Tex, but Tex is not my new friend. I already knew Tex. Tex is, Tex is a vibe. <laughs> I don't think I missed anyone, but if I did, everyone I hung out with this fucking weekend that I had at that before was a literal vibe. <laughs> Uh, so shout out to you motherfuckers and priscilla i tried to buy priscilla a drink my bitch i neglected her in this story because flow cut smolder and silly goose were just they had too much going on for me to focus on anything else priscilla i go to buy her a drink i'm like let me buy you a drink bitch so i need to buy you a drink and she looks at me and goes i'll buy you a drink i have more money than you <laughs> True, probably true. I'm poor and you are a middle-aged woman. I'm sure you've got your shit figured out by now that I haven't. So, <laughs> touche, bitch, buy me a drink. So Priscilla bought literally everyone a drink just to let us know that she could afford to and we were all peasants. That is my goal. When I am 50-something years old, I'm going to buy everybody drinks and tell them that they're all peasants. <laughs> Love her so much. We all go to bed. There's a brunch the next morning, which I once again skip. I wake up again and I'm like... <laughs> Nope, we got shit to do today. I need a couple more hours of sleep. I get up, I pack my shit, I get ready. I woke up late. By the grace of God, I got out of that fucking room in 30 minutes. I don't know how that happened. Everyone's pretty much gone. I run into Beefsteak and Slay Queen and a couple other friends who I didn't mention, but were great as well. I don't want to blow up anyone's spot who I really enjoyed, so I'll leave those parts out. 
We are getting ready to leave. We're chatting with Beefsteak and Slay Queen. We're waiting on our Uber because now we're going to the city of Charlotte to spend one more night there and go out with Ginger Peach, Dawn, Slay Queen, and Beefsteak. Should have been Mike, too. Should have been me, Mike, Nick, Slay Queen, Beefsteak, Dawn, Ginger Peach. But what did Mike do? He got himself on the no-fly list. So after two nights of getting fucking banged up, we get in an Uber, we head to Charlotte, we go out to eat because the room wasn't ready yet, we like scope out the city. Charlotte's like every other small city that's like up and coming. I feel the same way about Denver, minus the weed, as I do about Charlotte, which is that when you grow up an hour outside of New York City like I did, and you go there 95 times a year, the greatest biggest, most amazing city in the fucking country and top, I don't know a better city in the world, but this is the greatest fucking city in the United States of America. So anything I see that it just feels like it's a smaller imitation of what I grew up with. So I'm never super impressed by those like weird small cities. Charlotte's cool. There's just not that much there. Apparently they're like kind of right behind us in the financial industry is that an industry in finance let's just go with that so there's a lot of bankers there's a lot of finance shit going on a lot of people moving down there for jobs which would explain why the fucking apartments are so expensive they're building these huge high-rise apartment buildings it looks like fucking miami and it's eighteen hundred dollars for a goddamn studio but the difference with charlotte is you drive literally 10 minutes outside of the city and you're in the motherfucking suburbs it looks just like long island or upstate new york you're in the suburbs and houses there are super cheap. But the apartment buildings are not because they know those finance motherfuckers can afford it. They're not making North Carolina money. So Nick and I get our shit together. We take a brief nap. Well, he napped. I tried. Didn't work out. So I got my shit together and got dressed early. I explored the hotel, found out there was a rooftop bar. Everyone's vibe has changed at this point because we have been literally getting wrecked two nights in a row and we are not young anymore and the majority of us don't drink like that anymore so we're fucking hurting to some degree some more than others so we decide we're just gonna do like a low-key dinner we are not going to the strip club like we planned (laughs) i bought my mini microphone my mini handheld bluetooth microphone to interview some strippers at the strip club and although i didn't want to go either i am very sad that it didn't happen Nick and I get ready, and while we wait for everyone else to wake up from their hangover naps and get their shit together, we head to the rooftop bar. I can't believe the line that I had to wait on to get to the rooftop bar in the fucking hotel we were staying at. Any rooftop bar you go to in New York City where there's a hotel attached, which is all of them, there is a line, and then there are the people who are staying in the fucking hotel. And if you are a guest of the hotel, you are paying for a room there, you don't wait in the goddamn gen pop, general population line with everyone else. You get priority as a guest of the hotel to go up to the fucking hotel bar. Not in Charlotte, North Carolina, you backwards motherfuckers. You should have seen these people running the elevator. They had a fucking velvet rope at the front. I would have thought I was going to the fucking Ritz-Carlton to goddamn President Obama's inauguration. That's the kind of security that was going on to get up to the fucking hotel rooftop bar. Finally get up to the rooftop bar. Sick. Sick. Looks just like a New York City rooftop bar, but because it's not New York City, there's a ton more space. Beautiful. Loved every second of it. Got my sunset fucking pictures. I was freaking out online. I said, if I don't get up there in time to get sunset pictures of this fucking outfit, I'm going to sue. I'm calling my lawyer immediately and I'm suing this hotel. 
but I made it. So they have no lawsuit on their hands at this time. Had some drinks, hung out, got some pictures, went back down. Nick and I decide to get on fucking bird scooters half-wasted at this point. A little tips. And drive ourselves on the scooters while trying to hold the GPS to get to the fucking restaurant, the Italian restaurant, that I'm literally thinking to myself, why did I suggest out of the three options that we go to Italian in fucking North Carolina? Who knows if there's going to be any good food at this fucking Italian restaurant? Mind you, those scooters are fucking fast. I don't know if it was doing like 15, 20, 25, 30, I don't know, but it felt dangerous. Those things move too fast to just give it to any motherfucker on the street, but now it makes sense because when we tried to get one back, it told us no we are recharging until tomorrow. Try again at 6 a.m. And at this point, it was only like 11 o'clock. So they know better than to let people ride these motherfucking scooters around the city on the late night because you're going to have some lawsuits on your hands. First place we try to go to dinner, the Italian spot. It's overbooked. We can't get in. They close at 10. It's like 8.30. There's a wait. We don't know if we're going to get in, so we just go to another fucking place. The service in North Carolina at every place I went to eat or get a drink is so fucking slow, I don't even know how to describe it. Picture Franklin the Turtle on the old episodes where he was slowly moseying his way to school. That's how they bartend and serve there. Every drink I ordered took 5 million hours. Every piece of food I ordered took a million years to fucking come out. They are not about the hustle. In New York, if you are making craft cocktails that take 15 minutes, you figure out a way to bullshit it into nine or less. Nobody in New York is waiting fucking more than six, seven minutes for a goddamn drink before they start flipping tables and smashing things on the bar. The hustle is not the specialty in Charlotte, North Carolina in the service industry. Nor is the food anywhere good. Sorry, whatever. The best you can do is fucking McDick's or Papa John's because you know that that's going to be the same no matter where you go. So eat at a chain. We had Chipotle. It was like any Chipotle I ever had in my life. The fucking food at this restaurant? Not so much, girls. The fucking green tomato fried shit was the best thing I had all weekend. Everything else, I don't, not too great. They're lucky it was cheap. Nothing I hate more than waiting 30 million minutes to get a fucking glass of wine. And every time, that's what happened. We sit down to dinner and we are talking about the events. And I come to find out in the conversation about Silly Goose and Flow Cut Smolder what transpired as the card they gave was opened. I probably shouldn't tell this story. I probably should stop where I am. But if you think I'm not going out with a motherfucking bang before I leave you with this bullshit episode, probably the longest episode, I don't care. I could cut this into two parts. I probably should because who knows who's going to listen to this whole fucking shit in one sitting. But I'm not. I'm not doing it. You're just going to have to fucking do it or don't. Flow cut smolder. And Silly Goose dip out of the hotel the final morning with no explanation, no apology. You think the least that you could do, the most decent thing you can do as a groomsman, attending one of your best college friend's weddings is apologize for the fact that the police showed up as a result of you and your stranger date that you brought Fresh off the boat from L.A. <laughs> the least you could do is apologize in some form, even if it's a text. Send a text. Really sorry about what happened last night. Sorry we got out of control. Apologize for causing a scene at your wedding from the minute we showed up until the minute we left. Super sorry for acting like pieces of shit. 
Sorry we got the cops called to your wedding after party and could have ruined and shut the whole thing down. If not by the police, at least by the fucking employees who were letting us get away with literally murdering things. Murdering joints, murdering blunts, murdering drinks, murdering their bartenders, murdering their lobby. Everything they let us get away with, you almost ruined. And you can't even send an apology text as you dip out on your way to the airport. Did you guys kiss and make up in the Uber? Did you try to put your wiener in her cooter in the Uber the way you did in the bridal suite? And you guys made up and just pretended none of this happened. Very, very poor behavior. To quote one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite characters in Raising Helen. You're not a bad person, but this is very bad behavior. Very bad. <laughs> if you've seen that movie and you get that reference, let me know. Flo cuts Mulder and Silly Goose dip out. I find out that in their card, as the cards were open the next day... They wrote some sort of silly note. I don't remember word for word. I'm just going to summarize. Something to the effect of, if you look on their Instagrams, they have recently come back from a trip in Mexico, which I'm sure they didn't pay for because Silly Goose has about half a million followers or more. So I'm sure. And she's a celebrity sister, okay? A C-list celebrity sister. The sister of a C-list celebrity. It's in that sentence. But it's a vibe. <laughs> I can't every time it gets me more and more. The card says something to the effect of heard you're going to Mexico for your honeymoon because Beefsteak and Slay Queen are going to slay all over Mexico for their honeymoon this week. I hope you're listening to this on the fucking plane ride to your honeymoon, either laughing tears of joy or getting ready to text me to kill myself, die and never talk to you again. For telling this fucking story all over the internet. Hope you have a good time in Mexico. Buy some drinks or some shit like that. And they put coins, Mexican coins, pesos, I guess, are falling out of the card. There's about three of them. And apparently, allegedly, conspiracy theory that I cannot prove, even though I know it's true because I was told the coins added up to like less than five. So you mean to tell me you caused a drama scene from the second the two of you got to this goddamn wedding, had sex in the women's room, had sex in the bridal suite, preventing the bride from getting her fucking new dress on and taking a piss. She could have pissed herself in her wedding dress because of you. Irresponsible, inconsiderate motherfuckers fought all over the after party, made out all over the after party, fought again at the after party, in the room, got the cops called, was almost escorted out by the police, never apologized for your drama scenes, and then you had the nerve to not give a gift. You had the nerve as a groomsman who brought a stranger whore to this wedding. You had the nerve to not give a fucking gift, give them $5 in foreign currency to use on their honeymoon? What the fuck is $5 gonna get them? You can't even get a drink at all inclusive for $5 because you gotta fucking tip more than that when your drinks are included in the price, you fucking bastards. What a poor excuse for people and celebrities, and I don't give a fuck about saying that right here and now. I don't care who's listening to this, who's gonna run 
run back to the source and tell them the story because you know what? If they listen to the episode and they're really fucking pissed, I still got your download, bitch. You still got my numbers up. Thank you. I will be expecting your cease and desist in the mail and I will send a copy to my lawyer and then rip the original up and nothing will come of it. So good luck, flow cut smolder and silly goose with your budding careers as influencers. That's all I've got for you this week, motherfuckers. Congratulations to Slay Queen and Beefsteak on their beautiful nuptials and their classy, elegant, sexual wedding in more ways than one. And your fabulous after party couldn't have been more excited to watch two people join in marriage and couldn't be more excited to see the Slay Queen herself at some point in I don't know what time in the future. Pop out a little baby beefsteak. That child is going to be beautiful, hysterical, and have an incredible sense of rhythm and feeling to the music. Whether that baby turns out to be a he, she, they, them, whatever, they are going to know how to drop that fucking ass thanks to their parents. And that's all we can ask for as parents of this generation. And let's hope, let's hope that they don't turn out into a copy of Flow Cut Smolder or Silly Goose. That child is not allowed to be an influencer or a TikTok star after <laughs> the scars that we have all received on our minds and our eyes. Thanks to the two influencers that showed up to this fucking wedding. I will see you next week on another episode of Pulse Pounding. We are not doing an internet shitstorm this week because A, this episode is long enough. And B, my life has been enough of a shitstorm this entire week. There is no new music that was notable to me. The only music I heard was the sounds of Flo and Silly Goose fucking in the bathroom and screaming at each other. But it was a vibe. <laughs> Shout out to Mike for being on the no-fly list. Hope you can resolve that soon. Shout out to Nick for being my partner in crime and my drinking buddy this weekend, as well as Ginger Peach. Shout out to Dawn for being the designated driver and saving our asses <laughs> from an Uberless city past fucking 9 p.m. Shout out to Priscilla for being the baddest bitch. And shout out to the Hilton Garden Inn in Morrisville for letting us act like a bunch of wild animals who just broke out of the zoo. And to the Karen lady in the room number 222 and everyone who is a staff member at LaGuardia Airport for American Airlines. Fuck you and fuck your mother. I hope when that Karen lady's child goes to breastfeed on her fucking nipple teat, I hope he bites it off. I hope he bites down on her nipple so hard so she can see what a tight wad she is. Whatever face she makes in the mirror when that child rips her nipple off with their one tooth is the face she made when she walked out of that door both nights in a row. Pull the stick out of your motherfucking ass and go downstairs and ask to be moved like a normal fucking person. And tell the hotel, why did you put me on a goddamn floor with an entire wedding party of wild banshees? That's who you yell at. Not me, bitch. You got the wrong one. If you are not following me on Instagram and you have not watched my videos, it is at Mickey, not the mouse. You better fucking follow it. It is the same thing on TikTok, which I keep promising to use and I keep failing at. And I do not have 400,000 followers, nor if I did, would I be putting that number in my Instagram bio for clout and clickbait.
The most important part is that you make sure you are following the Instagram for the podcast, which is at Pulse Pounding, which is where I may or may not be posting my finally finished logo this week. Shout out to my graphic designer at HJ Artistry. I will tag her as well. You better fucking follow her. And if you have any kind of graphic design needs, she is your bitch. She is amazing. She puts up with my shit. She tolerates my craziness when I am in some sort of wacky creative state. I have ruined her life <laughs> for the past two weeks. I've made that poor girl start over. My ideas change. I see something. I think it's going to come out. I don't like it. Um, I go crazy. I've made her start over like three times and we finally got it done. Thank you for putting up with my bullshit. Thank you for taking the crazy ideas right out of my head that I literally spew and spit at you in a manic paragraph or two and turning it into exactly what I hoped it would be. Shout out to her. And if you are listening to this on your favorite streaming platform, such as Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Podcasts, and whatever other fucking shit we're on that you may or may not be listening to, you better give me five fucking stars, and you better leave a goddamn review talking about how much you like this podcast. And if you don't like this podcast, and you don't want to give me a five-star review, keep your fucking opinions and your thoughts to your motherfucking self, because nobody wants to hear it. And by nobody, I mean I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Go stick your head in a fucking groundhog hole somewhere and leave me alone, bitch. That's it. I'll see you bitches next week. Later. Later.